Second Story Studios presents a Scribe Podcast, where stories are told and glory is given. I'm Daniel Hintz, and in today's episode, we will be looking at the creation of a short story from a single image. What does it look like to build a world through the view of a single window? What larger pictures can be found by staring through a peephole? What happens when inspiration meets imagination, and what might be discovered about oneself in the process? I'm here to ask these questions, and with any luck, to stumble upon some answers too. Whether or not they're the right ones, well, that remains to be seen. But in the meantime, let's tell a story. Patches are scars in reverse. The stuffed rabbit that spent most of its time lying on the floor amidst a room full of other toys had a fairly good idea of who it was. Compared to a human, it might have been only a vague idea, but the rabbit had no such point of comparison. It was, as far as it could tell, the absolute definition of a bunny, from its long, pointy ears all the way down to its stubby little legs. And the rabbit took great pride in this. The rabbit was not any particular favorite of its owner, a child who tended to be rather rough in his playtime. As such, it was not uncommon for the rabbit to find itself thrown into a corner or shoved under a bed for several days at a time, which only gave it more opportunities to think about who it was. I am, I assume, the greatest rabbit who ever lived. In fact, there is every chance that I am the only rabbit, since I cannot imagine anything being close to as rabbit-like as I am. But even if there were any others, it is certain that I am the very picture of what a rabbit is. Clearly, the stuffed toy did not have any issues with its self-esteem. It was proud of its shiny blue coat, its long whiskers, and its smooth backside, free from even the suggestion of a tail. Every feature the rabbit had only made it more confident in its identity. Generally, the rabbit stayed inside, but every once in a while, the boy would bring a few toys into the yard to play. On one such occasion, the rabbit, placed under a bush while playing hide-and-seek, was forgotten until the next time the boy was playing in that particular part of the yard. The result was that, by the time it had been found, the rabbit's ears had begun to lose some of their shape, and one of them was rather droopy and unstuffed. When the boy pulled it out from under the bush, its leg also caught on a broken stick and created a rather sizable tear. The boy's mother, who was much more careful than the boy, did her best to patch the rabbit up, but she ended up having to replace a good deal of its leg with some spare fabric she had around the house. Now, instead of the light blue, of which the bunny had boasted, the leg was very dark, and the rabbit did not think it suited it very well. How can I be expected to be the greatest rabbit in the world when I have this awful stump for a limb? A rabbit does not have one different colored leg. This is an outrage. But that was only the beginning of the rabbit's troubles. The boy did not suddenly learn his lesson and become more gentle with his toys. In fact, it seemed the opposite. Now that the rabbit was damaged, even less care was taken, and soon the once-proud rabbit was a literal patchwork of all different kinds of material. Purple, and pink, and blue, and green, whatever the mother had at hand when the rabbit needed to be repaired, were sewn indiscriminately into the stuffed toy's shell. The rabbit's confidence was reduced to a shadow of its former self. Why has this happened to me? Don't they know that I am the greatest, the only rabbit ever to live? But now I'm not even a real rabbit anymore. I've been hacked and ripped and shoddily repaired until I'm barely recognizable. How could this happen? The rabbit sat in silence for a while, alone with its thoughts. Just as it was feeling at its lowest and most pathetic, 
The boy, along with a few of his friends, came into the room and began assembling the group of toys they would be playing with. What is this anyway? Is it supposed to be a bunny or something? The rabbit knew that it was what the child was talking about. All of the patches and lumps and lost stuffing meant that he no longer resembled a rabbit, and the children playing with it would soon toss it aside, giving it more time to wallow in pity. Of course it's not a bunny. Bunnies don't have blue skin. It's a mutant alien from Mars. The rabbit did not know where Mars was, but it was shocked to learn that things there might have blue skin, which the rabbit had always considered a unique and defining feature of rabbits. And those patches must be from the crash landing. It probably wiped out a whole city with its flying saucer. The rabbit took stock of its many patches and noticed that they did, in fact, look like the aftermath of a flying saucer crash, whatever that was. All right, so there's an alien on the loose, and it just crushed the evil lieutenant landslide. Hooray for the mutant space bunny! The more the children talked about the rabbit's adventures, the more the rabbit became excited. Slowly but surely, its mind filled with pictures of things it would never have dreamed of before. Intergalactic space battles and daring escapes from the planetary defense cops. What's more, the rabbit found that it was actually played with, not merely cast aside and forgotten as before. And the rabbit enjoyed being played with, even if it didn't understand what was happening most of the time. But it did know that the world needed a mutant space alien to thwart corruption in Mega Cityburg. And for once, the rabbit was perfect. So, that story was inspired by the picture that you've seen if you've looked at the podcast artwork, or if you click the link in the description to look at the full image. It's a picture of a patchwork bunny drawn by my friend Grace. And when I was looking for artwork for the podcast to inspire these stories, this picture stood out to me for a few reasons. The features of the rabbit seemed like they kind of had a duality to them. Um, when I'm looking for podcast artwork for the stories, I like there to be some kind of hook for the tone, kind of like with the phrases that I was using at the beginning of the podcast, just something that I can kind of hang the rest of the story on and start down the road and then kind of elaborate on that, expand that out. And the combination that I was seeing in the the patchwork bunny, the duality there, was the fact that it was pretty cute um, as far as a drawing. But the, the color scheme and kind of the, the patchwork nature of it also was giving it this darker feel than maybe a traditional rabbit. Um, a little bit of housekeeping and, and backstory on me as a person. I love rabbits. Not like the actual animals, but like stories about rabbits. Um, one of my favorite books of all time is Watership Down which is a fantastic story that is about rabbits and kind of this epic adventure tale um, that still stays grounded in reality. And then as a child, one of my favorite picture books that um, my dad read to me, I don't know how many times, uh, was The Velveteen Rabbit. You factor in then books like the Redwall series and, and different things like that where there's just something to me about the way that rabbits are kind of portrayed and kind of the things that they embody that has always kind of resonated with me. I've always liked stories about rabbits, which I didn't really think about until I was writing this story. 
um, or or rather the picture kind of made me reevaluate like what what do I like about these stories? And it's kind of something having to do with the like I was saying the identity of the rabbit or the the things that they tend to embody and portray. Whenever you're dealing with stories about animals that take on human elements, the idea of personification, you tend to to focus on or, or animals tend to become archetypes of different different characteristics of people. Um, and that's true when you're when you're dealing with humans as well. Like you can't write a story that is completely encapsulating the human experience and all of the nuances and details of a human being unless you're maybe like one of the Russian geniuses like Tolstoy or Dostoevsky. But it stands in starker relief when you're dealing with animals because they become archetypes. They become kind of like the fantasy ideas of like elves and dwarves are like very specific parts of humanity, um, kind of extrapolated into their own things. That tends to be the way animals are, that you have the wise owl or you have the kind of the homely idea of like mice or something that um, the very domestic life, something like the wind in the willows where the different characters, the rats are always treacherous and sneaky um, and weasels are kind of the same. And and the rabbits tend to be very kind of a balance, almost, almost hobbit-like. If you look at like the work of J.R.R. Tolkien, like they tend to be very settled and very domestic, but they also tend to feel this call to adventure in their stories or, or their, that's kind of the element that tends to get associated with them with their speed, but they're always having to be on the run and that wanting to settle down, but not quite being able to, particularly in Watership Down is a fantastic example of that. So when I'm writing this story for the podcast, that idea of identity quickly surfaced. Obviously, if you're at all familiar with the story of the Velveteen Rabbit, that picture book that I mentioned, it's the story of a child's toy that becomes real, um, a rabbit. And so as soon as I saw that it was like a toy stuffed patchwork rabbit, um, I knew that it was going to be inspired by the Velveteen Rabbit. Like there was nothing I could do to not have my story that I was telling inspired by that story just because I've read it so many times as a child like it's going to be there, but I needed to put some kind of twist on it. Like I need, it was going to be different. And the picture then came in as far as informing how it was going to be different than just the story of the Velveteen Rabbit. And it was the, the bizarreness of that drawing of the rabbit. It, it didn't look like a toy that I have ever seen. It didn't look like something that totally just fit in. And then the, the detail that ended up shaping the direction of the story and where the story went was if you've seen the artwork, you see one of the particular patches on the rabbit. It has all these multicolored kind of patches, but there is the one patch that is a heart shape right on its chest. And that detail kind of sparked my imagination because I've been thinking about archetypes and identity and the Velveteen Rabbit and this idea of becoming real and, and that sort of thing. And the patchwork rabbit the thing that separated it from these other stories was its scars, was the things where it had fallen apart and been put back together. And then the, the metaphor side of my brain kicked in, which usually kicks in pretty early in these podcast stories. For better or worse, I tend to be very focused on the analogy, the theme, 
and it became this theme of identity, this theme of it is oftentimes our brokenness that reveals who we truly are. That we can have an idea of who we are as people, but in those moments where we are broken, when we are confronted with unfortunate circumstances or the repercussions of things that we've done, when we're confronted with those things and are kind of forced to adopt them, because there's no getting away from them, you have to deal with them somehow, they become part of us and they oftentimes reveal something about us that we would not have noticed before, something that has been there all along, but it throws it into starker relief. In the episode, if you listened to um, the episode, The Lion Tamer, and talking about like monster stories, and, and that like, as soon as a monster shows up in a story, you see who people really are, which is why they're such popular stories, because they're about human nature. They're about the things that happen when we're forced to confront reality. Or, or something beyond our perception of reality. And so the scars on this patchwork rabbit um, immediately brought that to mind, particularly then the heart-shaped scar, because it became, not only do these things define us, but they, they also, in some cases, if we respond to them correctly, they add to us. That unfortunate things happen, but the the people, if you respond to that correctly, if you handle that correctly, it can make you into a better person, into a stronger person. Um, and do do we then seek out those unfortunate things, or do we then wish those on on people? No, absolutely not. Unfortunate, bad, you know, brokenness is not something that people should have to go through, but everyone does. And how we choose to respond to that affects who we are if the patchwork and the scars are not only tearing apart the bunny but are recreating it into something that is actually closer to its intended purpose um, that seemed compelling from a thematic standpoint and so obviously with the color scheme of that drawing that you've seen um, it's like the bunny is mostly blue within the other colored patches and i was like well a blue rabbit isn't really a rabbit and then you look at like the proportions of how it's it's very teddy bear like and not at all like a real rabbit and and so if this rabbit its identity was i am a rabbit it could have that identity but it's it, it's far from reality like that's a very limited perspective because like there are no blue rabbits they certainly don't have those proportions like if you're comparing this to the actual like physical real rabbit you'd find in nature, in your backyard, whatever. This rabbit is not that. And so if it, if it has that perspective that this is who I am, that's wrong. Or it is at least based on incomplete information. And so when the rabbit is broken, it sees that as a great affront to its identity. And yet, actually, it's creating something in the rabbit, revealing something that... All of a sudden, the rabbit is realizing, well, I can't be this thing because here I'm broken. And that ends up being um, the place where then the rabbit can find its new identity. And that new identity is kind of bizarre and weird and, again, kind of in line with the tone of the drawing, I feel like. Um, 
my friend Grace, when she was drawing it, was drawing it for kind of an October kind of spooky um, drawing challenge. And so it has has that flavor to it. And so I kind of tried to embrace that bizarreness um, a little bit in the, the ending to the story, the resolution. But there, there again, you have this, this rabbit has created this false identity um, or embraced the only identity it knew. And then it is revealed as that's inadequate. That's not going to last. I can't. If, if I am creating this fake version of myself and I'm confronted with all of a sudden a situation where that doesn't work anymore, what am I going to do with it? Um, I can continue to fight against that and just wail and bemoan that the wrongs done to me or, or, or continue claiming that I am in fact something that I'm clearly not, or I can embrace that and figure out, well, what does that tell me about who I really am? Like the rabbit has always been blue. The rabbit has always been slightly misshapen, but it has never realized it before. And now these new things reveal things about what the rabbit was all along. You know, whatever space alien thing that this boy is playing with, the rabbit is much closer to that than it was to an actual rabbit. And I think that there's something there in that story. Um, And so it ended up being, you know, inspired by something like the Velveteen Rabbit story of a toy that kind of transcends its perception of who it is but in a with a different flavor to it again to take that thematic that metaphor is those brokenness that revelation of i am not who i thought i was it's impossible that something like a concept of grace comes in a concept where we are beyond the limits of our own power and we are no longer masters of our own identity and our own destiny and we are at the mercy of something. And as human beings, we do not like to not be in control. Or to at least, we don't like to feel like we're not in control. Or however often that ends up actually being an illusion that we are in control. Which th- this rabbit fits in very well to my, my long history of protagonists whose main struggle is pride. Um, which is clearly a very personal thing that I relate to because it pops up in all of my art that hubris is the downfall of a character but this in this case it is not like the end the rabbit comes out the other side and and the thing that as i was writing the ending the thing that stood out was the idea that the rabbit really doesn't have a good idea of who it really is or how you know how the boy is playing with it as this space alien that is beyond the rabbit's conception these are concepts and ideas that it does not understand. Yet that does not make them less true. Just because we don't understand the ramifications necessarily of who we are um, or who we really are exposed to be does not make them less valid because it's, it's largely not based on our understanding because our own understanding is limited in what we can perceive. Um, that's just my two cents on that. But the, the actually the, the most difficult part of writing this story other than figuring out what the rabbit was intended to be. Um, the, the space alien thing was like a, okay, I guess we're doing this. Took a little bit to figure out. But the hardest part other than that was coming up with a title for this story. Um, because for some reason, like a story like the Patchwork Bunny or the Patchwork Bunny and the Flying Saucer of Doom or the Intergalactic, the intergalactic Space Bunny didn't feel right it either revealed too much about where the story was going or it felt too cutesy for the story and i had a really hard time coming up with the title um, which is usually not terribly difficult you know there was a point where the title was always the phrase that i was using and then i've kind of moved away from that um, 
in later episodes of this podcast. I was sitting, I had like finished the story. I was like, okay, I'm ready to record it. Oh, I don't have a title though. What's this title going to be? Um, I wanted it to be have something to do with, you know, the central concept. Obviously, it's good when titles of stories like have something to do with the story that's being told there. It's just a good idea. But I, I wasn't sure, you know, how to be strike the balance between literal and metaphor in in the title. You know, something avoiding something just like the rabbit, the Patrick Rabbit, and not going way off the deep end of um, like the episode of the podcast that was. Um, Life is like a grapefruit, the the robot story, um, which was very Philip K. Dick kind of inspired weird science fiction metaphor title. Somewhere in the middle there, I wanted to strike this balance. And so when I came up with the title, Patches or Scars in Reverse, first of all, it sounded good. And second of all, it spoke to the core, not just the actual story, but the core metaphor, the core idea that it is the patchwork that you know scars define us scars are things that you know if you have a cool scar or if you have any kind of scar that defines an aspect of you particularly if it's somewhere where it's visible to people the classic idea of a villain having a scar you know running across their face you look at a movie like the lion king the main villain his name is scar because he has a scar which side note was Scar always named Scar, or has he always just had a Scar? I don't know. That's a side note. Anyway, like that's a defining characteristic of that of that uh, villain. Um, and scars tend to be very. Pr- if if you can see them, they define who the person is. I have a scar on my arm where my parents' cat jumped on me and like slid down my arm, and I, so I have like these three claw marks. This scar that people look at and they're like, every time people see it, they ask, "How did you get that?" And so that's a, that's a part of the story that I ended up telling. But patches are a little bit different because patches don't just, they don't just define us. They kind of create this identity. It's not just like, they are similar to scars, but I feel like there's a distinction there. Um, if you look at, you know, something like um, a scouting program where you're earning patches. Those patches are things that you have done the idea that i have accomplished this specific thing or this is representative of something that i've accomplished but that also adds to who you are right like if if i have the the knot tying patch that is an aspect that has been added to my character or that is representative of something that i can do and whereas scars we tend to think are negative, patches are are a positive. They are they are a badge of honor in, in terms of like scouting, you know, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, that sort of thing. And so I thought, well, what if that was because that's that's the story that I wanted to tell. That's the story that I had told at that point when I was coming up with the title of here is this rabbit that it becomes more than who it was because of the addition of these patches. And so they are similar to Scars, but they're, in other respects, the opposite. So that title, um, Patches or Scars in Reverse, I had that. And then as soon as I had that, I was kind of mad that I had come up with that at the end of the story. All of a sudden, my imagination starts firing. I like writing stories, but songs and lyrics are much more, they capture my attention a lot more. And as soon as I had that title, I was like, that's a lyric to a song. I want to write that song. And I did not have time at the moment 
and up to this point i have not had time but i would not be surprised if this is something i kind of chew over and like eventually write some more lyrics on just because i think it captures an idea very succinctly um which i'm i'm always a fan of although i can't always do as anyone who has listened to me talk on this podcast knows um brevity and efficiency not always things that i'm able to do although i do appreciate them when it actually happens but that was kind of the end of my process was the title of the story and it inspired me um kind of made me love the story a lot more um than i did before so i would love though having said all of that to hear you as the audience give me some feedback on this story and that title and everything that i've talked about here in this episode to hear what you guys think of the story to hear what it makes you think about whether that is in relation to storytelling or in relation to worldview life experiences things like that i'd love to hear those perspectives and continue this conversation Um, if you want to do that if you do have thoughts you'd like to share ascribe podcast all one word dot wordpress also all one word dot com ascribe podcast dot wordpress dot com you go there there's a contact tab you can click on that you can send me a message with any of your thoughts Um, you can just reach out to me if you want to continue the conversation in some other way you can send me artwork for future episodes of the podcast you can just i mean do whatever you want and i would love to continue that discussion i would love to get some some feedback on these things that i've been talking about um because i think they're i think this is kind of a cool idea story and i'd love to see what you would be able to do how you would tell this story differently um how you would tell stories that might be inspired by it or might be based on this idea so yeah i look forward to continuing this discussion and getting that feedback But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode of the Ascribe Podcast. I have been your host, Daniel Hintz. And until next time, tell stories worth telling. Give glory where glory is due. Goodbye.